worst. I'll, it's it's a combination of just the sounds because like it's just so much sound. And you like get you have this like toy yeah. that makes noise. Say, are you playing your instrument? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And there's also something like where kids literally like if I say like, don't drink that water. Don't you drink that water? The first thing they do is drink the water. Oh, for sure. So it's like it's and it's also like trying to get kids not to play an instrument. I would rather try and figure out Palestine and Israel. (laughs) Also, like, substitute (laughs) teachers have a weaker composition than normal teachers, I feel like. Because normally substitute teachers are of another... They're like comedians or artists or something. They're doing something else. They're not like teachers who have been doing this for 13 years and don't, like, you know, they they don't flinch. When well, somebody w- throws like shit in their face, because you also have hardened. to like go in there and get. <laughs> you have to go in there and you have to get their attention like right off the gate. Like you'd also don't like have the first open the door. Like, hey, motherfuckers! Yeah. That's exactly what I do. Shut up! <laughs> I'm in charge. I will fuck you in the dicks. Oh no! Wait, that was wrong. Never mind. No, some of you guys might like that. Um, no, I. Uh, it's it, it's a weird thing because it's it's like with teachers like yeah you don't you have it's over and over but you also have like you know that teacher like you yeah you have a re- correspondence with that teacher like i don't have yeah. a correspondence with these kids they don't so they, respect you yeah so you have to like immediately instill fear but and like trust state, and trust and and trust and like so it's it's super hard and it's also like i i do sometimes when i'm like super when, when like today when i get super agitated it does get to a point where you're just like, I'm just sending so many kids to the principal's office because I just don't have any other recourse. Yeah. And then there are other days where you're just like, eh, we're all, the world's on fire. We're all going to die. <laughs> like they can play instruments. Do whatever. Yeah, yeah I don't care. totally. Can you still make them do stuff like face the wall? No, I don't think so. I think that's illegal now. When I was in elementary school, well, there was a teacher there who tied a kid to a chair once Ooh, that's I mean, super she, illegal yeah it was super illegal i think she was suspended for a time but she, she like it was one it. of those days where it was just like you know i don't know nannying i have it too like i love these kids but there are some days where i like lose i'm like lose all patience yeah i'm just like no just get out the door like some days i'm like yeah do whatever you want before we leave and then other days i'm like no stop doing things let's yeah. go do you yeah. think they push you on purpose? Yes. Oh, for sure. You Kids think they are do always that to you? trying to push the boundaries. They're and always I trying think to they see can how, read. how far they can get. Yeah. And I think they can read when somebody's like teetering and they're like, yeah. this one might be easy. Yeah. I'm going to see. Exactly. I'm going to see what it takes. I'm going to see how far I can get. Yeah. Before I make like, yeah. Like and it, it, sometimes kids will say stuff and like they just like test you. Like it's almost like when you're like a a stand-up comic and like a you have like the asshole mm-hmm. who's like a heckler who's like this is how i see how good stand-ups are i heckle them and then if they respond back to me i respect them there are some of the asshole kids who are like that who are like i'm gonna just treat you like shit and then if you are able to make me like you then you have my respect and then i just be like look i don't give a shit about <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm a sub like i'm not a teacher yeah i'm not here to uh, this isn't a michelle pfeiffer situation <laughs> where i'm here to make you see that poetry is rap i'm just here i'm just here to survive the day like that's it uh, so if i have to send you the principal's office and make your life a little bit worse i don't care you should stop so. confusing them by wearing that coolio mask <laughs> 
<laughs> carrying around that boom box yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. k-day played gangster's paradise on the way over here <laughs> they yeah. play it all the time it's like cool it's still good it's so it's good still, it's totally it's one it's a legendary song yeah i i just love that that uh that guy's voice like i just think it's like such a low i'm just like ah, oh. it makes me feel like i understand even though i have zero idea what the what the experience for that song is yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good song yeah when you feel like you can relate yeah totally yeah i feel like that's why white people love hip-hop because we're like maybe i understand yeah <laughs> And, no, and then but... you're like singing Gangster's Paradise because like the Chipotle by your house <laughs> ran out of chicken. And you're like, ah, I get the struggle. But you're also <laughs> crying. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I went to Chipotle the other day. No. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bloody Podcast. My name is Maria Felix. They were out of all of the meats. Shut up. Guys. Shut up. All Shut the up. meats. Shut up. <laughs> What's cry. your name? Oh, oh, yeah. My name my name is Chipotle Fan sixty eight. Our guest today is Katie Dawson. Hello, and hello, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, of course. Uh, I guess I didn't fuck up last time. No, well, uh, a little bit, a little bit. But it's also why Nikki's not back. Oh, yeah, because yeah. she did fuck up. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she was, fucked up real hard. Yeah. Well, we sent an email. I want to put this. I want to put this like on audio i was gonna say on paper but it's not (laughs) (laughs) wait let me get a pen yeah okay write this down all right um we're at the time of this recording we're in the throes of the coronavirus and i'm personally really upset right now because trump just banned all travel from europe for 30 days and i was leaving to paris on wednesday so i'm really mad because that means i can't go and if or if i go i can't come back for a month and i can't afford that (laughs) are they refunding travel yeah a lot of places are yeah but uh, i just um i also i just wanted to put it in in the annals of bloody podcasts that this is the episode where we might all be dead from coronavirus this time next week who knows nikki is self-quarantining she She is because of that yeah she did say that she was like better safe than sorry it's true it's true no it definitely is i saw tweets from some people who were like i'm still traveling fuck it if i die i die and i was like this is what the boomers got they raised a bunch of nihilists and now we don't give a fuck yeah but it's also like it's not even a matter of dying because yesterday i was like i don't care if i die in paris i'll go but now it's like I can't afford to be in Paris yeah. for a month. Yeah. It's all about <laughs> the money. Couchsurfing.com. <laughs> it's supposed to be my honeymoon. I'm not doing that yeah. shit. Seriously. <laughs> People are going to be like, uh, could you please not have sex on the, <laughs> the couch? <laughs> That's my French We're going to start. Uh, oh, that, was that French? Yeah, that was I thought friend. you were doing Swedish like we had already backpacked to sweden in your mind <laughs> i love that my accent was so bad that you had imagined a, she created a whole scenario, scenario. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate it no no problem i'm, al- I'm always gonna back you up it's like yes ending you <laughs> okay we're gonna we're gonna go and we're gonna jump right into jody Arias part two i guess we're not gonna jump right in because the first thing I want to know is, Katie, how do you feel after part one? 
Um, what you remember because i don't know if you listened to it i listened to it because i'm a narcissist (laughs) i can't wait to listen to it but i'm making my fiance listen to it with me and he hasn't had time yet how dare he i know it's been it's been up since 2 a.m things (laughs) (laughs) seriously uh i know right no he i listened to it and i had students to teach (laughs) i i can't wait i'm so excited um but i do remember i remember all all of it i think yeah but i i just it's i can't um well how do you feel about jody thus far okay (laughs) (laughs) so okay so before i came here i was watching this youtube interview i think it was like it was on some like local news channel and it was somebody who had been prison mates with jody um Ooh, interesting. yeah it was her cellmate and jody in prison okay i'm fascinated by her she is absolutely psychotic but yes like she is she might be one of those like ted bundy psychotics like charming yeah because apparently when she was in prison she was like giving people tattoos and selling her artwork and like she was like flirting with the guards so that they would i don't know it was crazy but she was apparently very well liked in prison which just added this whole other layer to her personality right for right. me which yeah. is just like oh you're you're a full-on sociopath i don't know did they say what her art was because i just imagine her art is just like little doodles that she makes of like snoopy no they i mean it's in the they showed it in the video they like showed the like like i guess they had images of it but it's like portraits they're not they sort of look like what somebody in like a high school like a a pretty talented high school art student that makes sense because that's when she dropped out and stopped pursuing her art right is like is that kind of like year of high school is that kind of like george bush how like everybody's like yeah your paintings are great way to go we're just happy you're not committing war crimes (laughs) yeah yeah i think that's probably it and and I, I don't I've never been to prison, but I assume that she kind of thrives there because she was always that popular mean girl. Right. So yeah. she probably just, you know, it's just another clicky situation well, for her to she like, like manipulates the guards so that they let her keep contraband. So she has all kinds of stuff that like other people like just don't have. Oh, so crazy. she can do like do tattoos because she has the materials. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. She's going to be on the next season of Ink Master. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> her nickname is going to be Travis Alexander's. She's going to keep going until somebody goes, and we're done. <laughs> and stop. When we last left off with the investigation, we knew that uh, Travis is dead. And last we had heard, he was going to go to Cancun with Jody, and then he wasn't, and then now he's dead, basically. Um, and we know that Jody called Detective Esteban Flores herself and engaged in an hour and 10 minute conversation with him uh, about just her and Travis and her life. So she gives all these kind of details like in the first episode, um, we touch upon them and we play a little clip of them. Um, and just to list off a few more important details that she gives during this uh, conversation um, she talks about how they were together, but then they broke up mainly because of trust issues and that, um, 
at some point in order to try to like gain back those trust issues with each other, they exchanged Facebook and Gmail passwords. But then in that same like breath, um, she'll say that, yes, I logged into his Facebook and his Gmail. And then she would say, I never had to log into his Gmail because he always left it open on his laptop. So I never felt the need to. So she's like already in this uh, initial conversation contradicting herself. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to backtrack. Yes. That's crazy. Or she just like, like compulsive liars. Like if you're lying compulsively, you're not necessarily keeping track of your lies. So yes, you're exactly. not, you don't even know. She has no idea what she just said. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's just like saying whatever pops into her head. Oh, that's better. I was thinking that she would like, she would like realize that she was like lying and then was trying to backtrack and be like, but I mean, like, no, I didn't look at his, <laughs> like, she was right. like, no, you shouldn't <laughs> have said that. Like in her head, she was like, backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. Oh, this to me is a person who like does not have the capacity to like self-analyze or like think about right what, you know what i mean yeah i agree with you i feel yeah. like her te- she's just compulsive everything she does is just like she just like like with the like with when you look at like the murder itself it's like so emotional and like so insane and dramatic and like each of those things like because it's like multiple parts like she kills them she kills them like four times yeah, like, yeah. she does like yeah. four fatal wounds which right. is which is yeah it's nuts and I think like with, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's also crazy to me. Cause I feel like she, she every, every route she goes down, she believes a hundred percent. Yes. Like she, Again, so tri- like yeah. compulsive liars though. They, they yeah. like, can't, it's like that thing where they can pass. What is it? They can like pass lie detector tests because they just like, they don't like have that like emotional jump when they lie that the yeah. rest of us do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not like, Oh shit. Whoops. I just told yeah. a lie. Oh no. Oh, I'm no. going to fix it. Yeah. yeah. Karmic like, retribution. I got, I got, I got. They're just like, like, look at Trump. You know what I mean? He like 100% believes whatever he says. Cause he thinks if he thought it, it is true. It's true. You right. know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 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 So according to Jody, she left, uh, according to Jody, she left Mesa on June 2nd. Went back to California to visit some friends before heading to Utah to meet up with a new love interest whose name was Ryan Burns and attend another PPL convention with him because they were all he was also part of it. I love Maria. She's one of my best friends. I really didn't want to come today. And I even tried to get out of coming last week. And like, I love doing this podcast. I love everything. But if you told me, if I was in Arizona and I had to drive to Utah and Maria called me and said, and you come down and we need to hang out for a couple of days, Cash and I are going through some stuff. I would say, I'll see you after Utah. Like I would not drive an extra 500 miles to come down. Like I just, that's so insane to me that she thinks that anybody would believe that. Yes. That she would drive all the way down there. No, it's nuts. And in detail, this is her... Um, her her whole route is she states that she goes from Mesa, Arizona to Ririca, her hometown in Northern California, to then Santa Cruz in Central California, a six hour drive. From there, she went to Monterey, which is also in Central California. It's about a 45 minute drive from Santa Cruz, where she stays the night in Monterey. And from Monterey, traveled down to Southern California 
to Pasadena, another five-hour drive. From Pasadena, then she claims she then drove directly to Salt Lake City. But she claims that instead of taking the 15 freeway all the way there, this is like the darkest version of the Californians that's ever <laughs> existed. <laughs> like, just for, for any not West Coast listeners, this is an insane, it's just an insane drive to take. Nobody would take this route unless you were a truck driver and you had stops you had to make. And she no. drove the entire like length of California twice, no, yeah. like three or three times. Like half of the West Coast. Yeah. In in the span of uh two days. Yeah. So, and the whole oh time she was God. the whole time the only song she was listening to Making My Way Back to You, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very gullible, so I was about to ask, is that true? Because I want it to be so badly. Um. So she takes the fifth, she takes the the direct route from Pasadena to Salt Lake City, Utah, um, which is a 15 freeway all the way there. But she then claims that she got lost, slept in her car for 10 hours, and then got back on the road. Um, she claims the whole trip took her 48 hours. When if we jump forward to when she's being interrogated in person, she even offers to draw Flores a map of where she got lost, offering more of that unnecessary info. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole time she was driving, she was singing "Low Rider." <laughs> <laughs> I would when just she, love if she drew the map and like she just like accidentally went off on the table and was just like. Ugh! <laughs> and that's her explaining, like, this is yeah. where I got lost. Yeah. <laughs> Over here. Yeah. Just a bunch of circles. Uh, yeah. Uh, offering unnecessary information. Yes. Is that, like, compulsive? Also, apparently, like, the psychology behind it is, like, like I don't think consciously, but subconsciously, if they're adding more information, like, they're just, like, drowning people with information. There's too many tangents to like yeah. follow exactly yeah. which is i think yeah i think that's what she's hoping for definitely yeah so when she gets to salt lake city utah she meets up with ryan and ryan would later testify that a her hair was dyed brown when he saw her i think we went over that last time yes and that she had a bunch of cuts on her fingers that Jody had explained to him as being cuts from being a bartender, specifically bartending at a Margaritaville in Ririca, which and which they la- later reveal there is no Margaritaville in <laughs> Ririca, <laughs> and she's from there. Just yes, she, so she would Google know search. that though theoretically. I, right? Yeah, she should. I feel she's like. From there just a simple google search seriously also she should have i think she she said it because she wanted um that's what she wanted her dad's place to be Uh, (laughs) i think she wanted clinging to that yeah she's (laughs) i love how she's still clinging to that shame that her dad didn't own a margaritaville she is like super stunted man very yes very stunted very stunted i also have been watching a lot of cheers and at no point do they cut themselves in a way that she would have cut herself on her hand. Right. Yeah. That, I guess that she, kind of, do they lemons. cut themselves a lot? This is no. maybe she said, I was thinking maybe she said Margaritaville cause like margaritas, limes. I would be cutting lots of limes if I worked <laughs> at <a> Margaritaville. <laughs> yeah. And this of course tracks. I get, of course I'm a klutz. So I would <laughs> cut my hands. 
about a week after all of this happens and she's already talked with detective flores on the phone pictures from travis's camera are recovered june 14th detective (laughs) flores travels to ryrico where cal where jody is and takes a statement from her which really is just going to end up being in her arrest with the new evidence he has from the camera which shows pictures of travis in the shower posing um and naked jody as well and they're all date and time stamped at 5 30 on june 4th 2008 the day of his death i feel like this detective has such patience too because he has so much patience yeah Yeah. to listen to her talk for that long first of all that's like right off the bat is like his first interaction with him is an hour and 10 minute combo of like nothing oh yeah well some like a lot of nothing but like also so much gold for him to be exactly he i think as soon as he got on the phone with her he knew what he had because like he's been doing this for a while like he knows a sociopath when he hears one he's like okay this is yeah gonna be all useful information i am just gonna let her do it well as you see like later on from the documentary i watched which you'll probably get into is that like he throws her off guard because he like gets her right off like he gets her number right off the bat and here she is thinking she's done the perfect crime right like so (laughs) it's so far from it yeah though like (laughs) i feel like anyone could have figured out it was her it's not don't get me wrong the detective is an an amazing detective but it's also like she's not it's nowhere master criminal nowhere near that she left a bloody handprint once again so many so many handprints so many so much evidence she called the police like she She called called them no but that's the thing is like she thinks she's so cocky that she thinks that she's got to the point where it's like then she has to like try like several she has to like she's like i have to think on the fly and so she has to come up with all these other so it's like but it's just because of the fact that like he got her so quickly that she was like he's like a he's like a genius he's like a he just is like like i was watching this uh documentary right after she got convicted and he she was like he just turned he would just turn my words against me everything i said it was like yeah because you were always lying but you never said one single factual true thing Uh, this is 100 percent the plot of crime and punishment by the way which is like my favorite thing So he shows her the photos uh, that are on the camera. He shows her the timestamp date. And she, of course, is like, well, these can be modified. These are shopped, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And then he shows her another photo. And this photo is a picture taken during the murder, most likely by accident, by the by somebody either dropping the camera or the camera somehow going off while it was on the floor in it is a female's foot and shoe in the blurry foreground behind the shoe and behind the leg is Travis's bloody body already on the floor. Jody says that it's not her foot and continues to deny the murder. And that's when Flores tells her that she is under arrest and he reads her her rights. And then her immediate response after he reads her her rights is for her to be like, can I have some time to, to clean myself up before you take me and Flores is just like no <laughs> <laughs> then he leaves her alone in in the interrogation room which katie this is this is your favorite part oh yeah and it's, an, it's an amazing part so as you recall katie she does 
uh, on the camera that's just left on in an interrogation room, we see her do a headstand. Yes. We also notice that she's barefoot. And I don't know at what point she got barefoot. Like, I, I'm assuming it was during the interrogation, but she's been barefoot this whole yeah. time now. And then she starts singing, Oh, Holy Night. So this is a clip of Jody singing, Oh, Holy Night in the interrogation room when she's left alone. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this little part. I mean, I don't know how much of it she sings before they cut it off, but it's just, what? And she's curled up in the chair. She's like, yeah. she has her feet up on the chair. She's just curled up. And then she inexplic- inexplicably says to no one in particular, still hate me, brat, before somebody, before the detectives come back in. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Super, super weird behavior. That is weird. I also love how during the interrogation, she at some point, I think she like asked somebody, could I get a sweater? Like, I want to wear a sweater. She, yeah, she and, keeps asking for shit. And then it, it's this, it's a female cop and the female cop's just like, yeah, I'll, See if I can find you a sweater. Oh, that's like, day two. Yeah. Day two. She gets so upset. Yeah. So she gets booked, and in her photo that we'll post, <coughs> she's completely posing in her mugshot. She is so excited for it. Um, and now it's day two of the invest in day two of the interrogation. Now they send in a female detective to interrogate her, which is the lady that Lori was just talking about. And Jody completely shuts down. She refuses to talk barely anything at all to this female Mm. she asked for stupid things like a sweater and the female detective like the whole hope is that she'll talk and relate more to her but she doesn't at all Mm. she eventually asks to talk to detective flores again and then she goes on to tell detective flores after he's like patient with her and like spends like hours again with her she she first leads on that she did go to travis's that night now she's changed her story. Now she says that she got to his place at around 3 a.m. And that they immediately went to bed when she got there and woke up in the afternoon to have sex. After For a while, that's all she says. And then after even more questioning, she tells Flores at first that, quote, it's better if everyone thinks I was the only one, end quote. She's like crying, like crocodile tears at this point, pretending that, you know, she's getting really upset. Then after he asked her more, like, who who was it Were you, if you weren't alone and who didn't? Then she says it was one guy and one girl that killed Travis. She claims that they were Caucasian and that they held her at gunpoint while the woman killed Travis. Uh, the old white guy and girl. So at this point. <laughs> Wait, the, yeah. so she... Okay, so now her story is, yes, I have been on the run and been hiding out and acting weird, but I saw it happen. Okay, so actually, but here's the thing. I did see it. Yes. (laughs) Like, what the hell? She gets crazier and crazier. She starts saying that um, she did see it and that they, they were there to kill him. And they knew who he was. And then when they when they found her there, 
they grabbed her her wallet and then took out her ID and said, you must be that bitch from California. And then they kill Travis, debate whether they should kill her and then let her go and tell her that if they ever see her again, they're going to kill her whole family. She like grows and grows the story over time now because now she's just under arrest awaiting trial. So she keeps trying to stick. And she has not asked for a lawyer. No. <laughs> oh my God. And she also like, she's also telling, <clears throat> telling this story and she's acting like, you know, yeah. And then they also like, they also told me that if I said anything, like they'd kill my parents and you know, my parents are the most important people in my life. <laughs> I would just imagine her mom watching that going since when? Yeah. <laughs> like since when have we, are you? When have we ever been important? Yeah. <laughs> she, this, this is like the movie of, she wrote while she was in there alone. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is like the movie she wrote in her head while she was just like waiting for them to come talk to her. Exactly. It's, it's always yeah. like, it's, it's, it's a, she yes anded herself into a murder. <laughs> she like, she just, she, have you ever done an improv scene with somebody? Too much plot. There's yeah. no game here. Where you're trying, where you're trying to talk about a relationship, and they're like, "And we're on the moon, yeah. and we're we're gonna die," and you're like, "I just want to get out that you're my mother." Like that's <laughs> all I want. Will you just let me say a word? One word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she sticks to the story for almost two years, and then in June 2010. She begins to say that she killed Travis in self-defense. Wait, so she sticks to the, like, the mur- she saw the murder story and blah, 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 for two years? For, for two, oh, two years. years. Two because years. Because keep in mind, she was arrested in 2008. Okay. And it's now 2010. She's still waiting trial. She's just waiting. Yeah. She didn't get as speedy of a trial because it, it was hard to, it was, it was such a sensational news story right away that it was hard to, like, find a jury and all that. Oh. It was a huge. That's why I was so shocked that you guys hadn't really heard because it was like a big deal. Yeah, like people were like, I knew people who, um, and this is just this is just how insane, you know, like I am that I knew people who I was like, that's crazy that you did that, but they drove to the courthouse to watch the trial. Whoa, yeah. that is nuts. Yeah, what year did it happen again? Two thousand eight. 2010 was the trial right well no not even it was still two years later than that oh okay so uh, the trial started in um 2013 2013 that's right yeah okay all right yeah i have no excuse i was gonna try to like find a time in my life and be like whoa it coincides with this you know (laughs) when i lived off the land when i had ebola and i was self-quarantining exactly um So she changes her story and she claims that the night of the murder that he attacked her after she accidentally dropped his camera. And when Jody ran and managed to shoot him first, um, he still came after her. And that's when she stabbed him over and over until he stopped coming after her. That's her story now. She gets assigned Kirk Nurmi as her defense attorney. Now, Nurmeister. The Nurmeister. <laughs> yeah, the Nurms. The Nurms. That's uh, his rap name. <laughs> so, Nurmi said, or 
Actually, I can call them Nerms. <laughs> Yo, my name is Nerms. I'm here to say I defend murderers in a cool way. <laughs> <laughs> Nerms claimed, or Nerms explained, that Jody would call him every day from prison. Um, that he described talking about the murder with her like talking to someone at Starbucks. She was just very blase, blase casual about it. Do you talk to people at Starbucks? I don't think I've ever had a conversation with somebody. At Not that. like at. I think what he meant is like when you meet some, meet up with somebody at a coffee For shop. Coffee. Yeah, yeah, and you're just oh. like, how you know? How are things? <laughs> I thought you meant like. Having like a crazy person corner you at Starbucks. <laughs> it was just like that. I mean, yeah. I would expect it to be more like that, yeah. but. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do a coffee meetup tomorrow. So maybe I'll see if I can shoehorn some Jody Arias trivia in there and see how that goes. Is it a date? Because then I don't think it's a good Oh, no, you no, have a girlfriend. I'm in a relationship. <laughs> yes, it's a date. I'm gonna. I'm putting it on a podcast. I'm cheating on my girlfriend. Or maybe it's your girlfriend. It's just like a role play thing you guys like to do. We do. She oh. dresses up as an Asian American woman. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I come as myself because I'm not good with characters. And, uh, and then we role play. She's looking for me to produce a podcast, and I'm a sexual deviant. So, yeah, it's fun. Oh, that thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Pina Colada song of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah, that old chestnut. <laughs> Do you like producing podcasts? <laughs> so, Kirk Nerming just does not like his client, obviously. And he likes her even less because immediately following her arrest, Jody starts giving interviews to the press, which is really very, really very bad. Which is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that is, that, yeah. It's that's a bad putting idea. a button on it. It's yeah. really very bad. She even goes so far in one interview to, to say, no jury will ever convict me. So she's kind of sealed the deal there. I... I feel like you kind of have to say that, though. I sort of view it like <laughs> I, I I, kind of that's the one thing that I sort of see her. I mean, maybe I don't say it out loud, but I feel like you have to think that you have to think it. Yeah. Otherwise you lose all hope. Otherwise, uh, you know, plead guilty. Yeah. Otherwise you plead guilty. Yeah. But she to say that out loud. Also, I think she just needs to understand that her voice sounds very uppity. So it's like she's like, there's no way a jury's going to convict me. It's like a like that with that voice, like a, anybody who's on a jury would be like, I, I don't even need to see the case. Look, I can't go to jail. OK, <laughs> <laughs> I got nerves. <laughs> nerves. They're not sending me to jail. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine she ends all of her sentences with a verbal period. Like, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't murder him, okay? It was two nondescript white people. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. The level, so the level of confidence. So that was one of the reasons yeah. why the case was so, so this is, mind you, this is before the Me Too movement. So another reason why this case got such national attention was that everybody was like, yeah, she's a fucking idiot. Of a bitch and everybody hates her and women are terrible sometimes, right guys? And it was like 
<laughs> it was like, I mean, she killed him. She was psychotic, obviously. Like, I don't yeah. think all women are like this. Also, There's, how, like, the ratio. Do you really want to look at the numbers, men? Yes. <laughs> you, yeah, you really exactly. Start looking at the numbers on yes. that one. I don't. No, I, so. I, I agree. And that's why the story, I think, oh, I know. That's why the story was so sensational is normally it's the jealous ex-man mm-hmm. yeah. kills the ex-girlfriend. While in this case, it was the other way around. And it was such a brutal murder. So that was part of the reason it caught on so well. And in the book that I was reading for this, uh, Exposed by Jane Velez Mitchell, they keep calling her the most hated woman in America. Yeah. Like they like they explain that she and she did become that because after before her was Casey Anthony. Right. Yeah. And now she's the new one. She's the new Casey Anthony, basically. Yeah. Here's proof of the patriarchy, though, because she is kind of the female OJ. I guess she was never a sports hero, so it's different. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if she had been like a sports hero, it'd be different. I don't know. But yeah. OJ's murder was also like crazy brutal, right? Like yeah. yes. insanely brutal. Yes. And like two people. I don't know. Uh, and everyone still was like on the fence about how they felt about him. If yes. he did and it. people still are. I know. People are still like, oh, no. He's on Twitter and has followers. Like that. Yes. Is he has weird. so many followers. So many followers. He. Uh, yeah. I. Well, I mean, Jodi Arias, I feel like she was really good at tennis. So <laughs> Do I, mean, you? I feel like she wasn't. I she, feel like she kind of just sucked at every sport, and that's why she was like, I'm an artist. See, and, I could see the flip side. I could see her being super competitive to the point where she just couldn't. You know those people who, like, can't do sports because when they be, when they play it, they, like, start crying because they're like, you fucking, it's outside the lines. <laughs> and then like, you stab them. Yes, and then you stab them. And then you, and then you drive to, to Arizona. Boy, yeah. can I relate. Ugh, so if I had a nickel, um, so yeah. Now it's January 2013, and we have Kirk Nermy as her defense attorney with co-counselor Jennifer Wilmot. And on the prosecution side, we have Juan Martinez, who was a 25-year veteran for the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. So he is just this like tiny little Mexican man who is just out for blood he hates her so much <laughs> and kirk nermy is this like big gentle giant so it's a really funny contrast to watch the trial videos because kirk nermy is also really soft-spoken just like you know where were you the night of the murder whereas juan martinez is like you fucking did it <laughs> <laughs> like the whole time and the courtroom itself looks pretty small <laughs> and they have a lot of monitors everywhere it's like a really modern looking courtroom in the sense that jody arias has a monitor in front of her and so does the uh, like the defense or the the prosecution and there's a big one for the gallery there's so uh, they have this projector where juan martinez will keep putting up all these like brutal slides oh my god <laughs> it's terrible because his, his whole family is there travis alexander's whole family all his siblings are oh, uh, uh, in the gallery too and um you know That's it's, it's a, be awful it's awful and it's a packed house because that you know everyone's yeah everyone's thirsty there. for this goddamn yeah. trial people were selling shirts 
Like, people were going there and making, like, screen-printed shirts. It's like, you know, public hangings. I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. Are, yeah. We're weird. Human people beings are, are weird. very weird. I mean, we're doing this podcast right yeah, now. You know, yeah, we love it. Exactly. Very voyeuristic. Super yes. voyeuristic. Yeah, I know. I guess we should back off on being like, guys, let's stop <laughs> sensationalizing this. <laughs> Could everybody else please calm down? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now listen to the podcast. It's like that le- the ending of that Don't F with Cats where the woman's like, and you guys, you guys need to stop. Pay yeah, she's like, yeah, she's like, it's or is it everyone's fault? And you're just like, fuck uh, you, lady. I think it's mostly the murderer's fault. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, think it's, I think it's the murderer's fault. So in the opening statements from the prosecution, Juan Martinez would state, that Jody premeditated the murder to punish Travis for going to Cancun without her. So he's saying it's pre, he argues it's premeditated. It's premeditated that she drove specifically to, and that's a big distinction because she, Oh yeah, that's huge. That's like the difference between, well, whatever. Yeah. Because she, she uh, towards the end is even claiming like, no matter what you think, like I didn't drive, like, she never, she never ever will admit that she killed him, right? Right. But she gets close. Like the interview I watched, she said, "No matter what you think I did, I didn't drive to his place with the intention." But that's what the prosecution is saying: is that she drove with this, with the in- intention of murdering him. Well, she had a gun. She had was a it gun. her gun. It was yes. Her. So it the story his. behind the gun that'll come out during the trial is that it is her gun. What had happened was <laughs> during the time, like a week before the murder, there was a quote unquote robbery at okay. her grandmother's house. And they take nothing except like some, maybe some money. They can't really tell. And the gun. So, and then when the police arrived to like investigate the robbery and they're like, well, there's not that much missing. Uh, and then Jody Jody comes home and she's like, oh, oh, my God, what happened? Like, uh, let me check my room. And she's like, I think they took 30 bucks, but my laptop's still here. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had like uh, a, yeah, uh, she had like a precious like diamond ring. She's like, ah, that's fine. They didn't take that. Oh, my God, they just stole $30. $30. Like, it's like, what? <sighs> Like these people think like it's like it's almost like in my opinion it's like if you're gonna pretend that somebody robbed you like actually ro- like it's so funny to me that people are like oh i was robbed but they didn't steal anything valuable it's like no because you didn't want them to steal anything valuable i know right trash your own place <laughs> yes. commit to the bit seriously yeah. seriously at least stash your stuff under the house or something <laughs> this is why i feel like sketching improv people would make the best murderers because <laughs> we go a hundred percent Dude, we don't know when to stop. That is 100% true. <laughs> we don't. If we turn to murder, watch out. <laughs> it would and it w- it would get crazy, I feel like. We would commit. If we're going to rob ourselves, we're going to throw everything away. Oh yeah. Out yeah. window, we're going to throw shit out windows just to be like heighten it. Yeah, just <laughs> just for comedic effect. I always hope that I'll commit to the point of like Jim Carrey and Liar Liar. Where he beats himself up in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Let me take that amount of pain for my lie here. Yeah. <laughs> I do love to fall. I love to fall for a bit, you know? I'll do the physical. I love to fall for a bit. If it's funny, it's funny. I Katie, like you got to do it beforehand, not when the cops show up. You're just yeah. like, 
falling backwards when the cops just are waiting. There. <laughs> You're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. oh god, uh, 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 uh. sirens, whoa. Uh. In his opening statement, Juan Martinez says, "This is not a case of who done it. The person who committed this killing sits in court today, Jody Ann Arias." He is seeking, he explains that he's seeking the death penalty right off the bat. He's not changing his mind about that. Then the defense does their opening statement, which is when Jennifer Wilmot says the infamous line that Jody was Travis's dirty little secret while he pursued the appropriate Mormon woman. And like that dirty little secret thing became the headline of everything. It was like the name of the Lifetime movie, too. Oh. Yeah. Which I don't disagree. I will say that there I won't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. There is a part of me and I still I still honestly I still view this from last episode where I made the bloody podcast exclamation. <laughs> bloody podcast exclamation solely based off of Lloyd Ron Camp's thoughts and feelings. Um I feel like she essentially broke because she bent she she's a type of person who bends herself to find the to to the the person that she wants to be with to their wants and whims to make them love her. And then I think she did that so much with 100%. The, yeah. Yeah. With the first guy, with the yeah. guy that was in Daryl bought a yeah. house with, that she bought a house with. Yeah. Then, then she meets, um, Tra- Travis, right? Travis. Yeah. She, then she meets Travis and she thinks, okay, finally I'm going to, this is the guy and converts, converts, does everything that he wants her to do like and and he is like no i just view you as a sex toy like essentially and i think it broke her and i think she look in no way do i think that that he deserved to die and in no way do i feel like she is like she should get any leniency but i think that she just in her psychosis was just like this is it i'm done i can't keep doing this and yeah. i think she yeah. viewed travis as like this like as soon as she got rid of him she got rid of herself yeah and she moved on yeah that's true just trying to understand how people become the way they become doesn't necessarily mean you're trying to excuse it i think you know what i mean yeah. like but, but everybody is the way they are like nothing happens in a vacuum everybody like yes. becomes who they are from the culmination of their experiences yeah and so, yeah, yeah. Hers was, her experiences turned her into a murderer. Yep. Yes. There's no joke at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no joke for well, that one. I, this is going to sound weird, but Danny Bonaducci oh used to have a radio this show. This sounds weird. This sounds really weird, but Danny Bonaducci used to have a radio show. And I don't know if he still does or if he has a podcast. And I remember him saying something one time because I used to listen to a lot of radio and I used to listen to a radio show. And he said, just because you admit who you are does not give you the license to just do shitty things. Yes. And so it's funny that Danny Bonaducci is the one who was, <laughs> I was like, yes, Danny Bonaducci from the Partridge family. <laughs> like, thank you. But it's true. It's like, but who better to know about personal accountability than a child actor? Yeah, yes. <laughs> We have such a long trial ahead of us that I'm going to save it for next time because there's so many key witnesses that come on. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's a, also, I will say that like Jody Arias, uh, for whatever like sympathy we just talked about, she loses all of it when she goes off the deep end with this whole 
like victimization tale. Right. Yeah. Where she just like immediately just starts being like, you know, I'm a victim and you need to support women. And it's like, yes, you do, but not you. All right. And that's where we're going to leave it off for Jody Arias part two. Oh. Ooh, are we yeah. doing a three-parter? We're doing yeah, a three-parter three because it's just such a convoluted and detailed trial that goes on for so long. Um, Jody alone, we'll see, takes the stand for 18 days. Oh, my yeah. God. So this is a long trial. I mean, right after it happened, an hour and 10-minute phone call. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely tracks. That really tracks yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. Well, also, it's funny because I remember during that time, like you would have people who would break down her testimony like during like right after the trial. And they'd be like, these are the lies. These are the truths. And then you would have the attorneys come back and they would they would ask they would like say that they wanted to ask questions. And then people would be like, well, those are based off reports that you saw on the news. So it was this whole like weird thing where people were like you're watching the news and it was like this crazy oh my god yeah so it was like just like a uh snake eating itself well let us know what your fiance thinks um he's gonna let he's gonna like it just because i mean you're on it yeah yeah it's like one of those where it's very it's Uh. like you're almost like too easy where you're like bro (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes I suck though, and yeah. I know that. You need to tell me. <laughs> you have to tell me you're my friend, also, and yeah. the only person I live with. So, yeah. like, Aww. I need your opinions. Aww. Yeah, he's like, you're wonderful. At everything. I'm like, ah, oh, kill me now. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Oh, unconditional love. Oh, oh God, it. it's yeah. miserable. Like you nice. and Jody are in the same boat here. It's what's happening. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man. Oh. Watch out, Lauren. <laughs> Terrifying. Terrifying. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, eh, let's see. I think I did it last time. We're um, uh, Our podcast is still on hiatus, but we're dropping new episodes. It's going to be either end of March or April. Nice, um, nice. Comedy Girl Crush with Nikki. Yeah, we're going to like have like a nice little backlog. And when we get launched, we'll have a new theme song, Ooh, new artwork. Oh. I'm so spending producer dollars on it yeah. that i do not have way to go <laughs> but that's you, you, yeah i'm excited so that yeah. comedy girl crush um look for that at the end of the month sometime cool cool nice thanks yeah i'll see you guys next uh, for part three yeah for part three part three follow bloody podcast on at bloody podcast on everything and um find a way for me to go to paris yeah. let us so know send us an email <laughs> yeah if, 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 if we're all here next week if anyone can charter, gone wrong. charter yeah. a boat please give me a call yes. at 818 <laughs> a private uh, like mega yacht yeah yeah if anybody has contacts with leo dicaprio <laughs> and his whole th- shebang <laughs> oh yeah know. he has like seven yachts yeah right? he i'm sure he could give one out I don't even think he, he would notice if it he was gone. wouldn't notice. Come on, Leonardo, no. help help a person out, man. What are you yeah, doing? It's he's not gonna moon. he's not gonna help me now because they call him Leonardo instead of Leo. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>